Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, good Friday afternoon. Welcome to the program. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests, over the course of an hour. I'm Nadine Blaney, just sitting in for Kashi today. All right, um, I think we're going to have a good hour. Here with us in studio, Jim Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners. And we have Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Yes. Good day to you both. Yes. Nice to see you, as always, on a Friday. I like these dates mm-hmm. that we have every once in a while. What a week. I mean, we started off pretty positive, even with U.S. markets closed. It feels like a long time ago now. Oh. Um, and then everything got pretty negative, you know, concerning data coming from China. But we've got the debt ceiling out of the way. And we've got AI <laughs> mania taking hold. Incredible. Um, what do you think about where we sit in terms of where the markets are likely headed from here? Oh, look, I, my view is that towards the end of the year, you will have pretty strong rallies from, you know, uh, towards the end of the year. But June normally is a really tough month uh, be- just because of the, you know, it's been a volatile year mm. and then there's, uh, you know, a fair bit of tax loss selling that is to come. Mm. So right. next couple of weeks is likely to be a little bit weaker um, or even potentially heading towards the end of this month. July normally is a very strong month where, you know, people repositioning and then people picking up the, uh, the stocks that were unfairly sold off um, in the last month. So, you know, we, we do think from here on, things will get a bit better. Um, hopefully bring back a little bit more confidence. Um, we do need our earnings heading to the reporting season earnings to be rebased a little bit more. We started seeing, you know, retailers giving a bit more downgrades as a consumer experience a bit of tough periods. Uh, but um, but once that earning rebases is really, you know, you, you, here we go. You know, the share market, the bull market is really, really, really on the onset of that. Okay, so we've got <laughs> bulls just knocking at the door. But do you agree that it's sort of a June swoon, potentially? Well, we got rid of May, so the old adage go away yeah. in May, yeah, so we're done. So we can sort of start to move forward. I think Jimbo is absolutely right. Earnings need to get rebased and we will start to see further downgrades in some of the sectors going forward. I'm looking for just to print an even number for this year. I reckon that would be an absolutely fantastic. And then going forward into 2024, 25, I think then we're going to see some really fantastic numbers and some and potentially a big secular bull market that once we've never seen before. But whoa! But well, the reason why I say that 2022 was the worst year ever. If you put bonds and equities together, performance was the worst we've ever ever seen. This year we'll see some volatility. Negative years don't follow negative years. They don't like to follow each other in history, and so that's why I'm putting all my hopes on 2024, 2025. Right. Okay. There's so much in there, and a lot of it sort of ties in with a lot of the themes that we'll be speaking of. So just let me start then by getting you across what companies you have chosen for us to speak of. KMD Brands, Cedex, actually, no, that's Boral, Boral. Uh, Cura, Accent Group, and Endeavor. So yeah, it kind of ties in with the stock of the day as well. I just couldn't look past Adair's today. 
Um, and it's also, yesterday, if you recall, there wasn't a lot of news out there, and I put a call out on Twitter saying, what shall we talk about? Adairs came up yesterday for Shan. Shan, thanks, hi, I hope you're watching or listening. We didn't do it yesterday, but worthwhile doing today because, of course, its share price has been tanking, uh, lifting itself up slightly, but still down by 15% today after it uh, slashed its guidance to come in between a maximum of, uh, yeah, $622 million. So that's down from previous. It says that rising interest rates and the higher cost of living is impacting trading. It's also seeing lower traffic online and in stores since April. Now, I suppose it's trying to help mitigate some of that bad news by saying that its gross margin for the second half remains in line with expectations and that inventory will be finishing below December 2022 levels. But that is not clearly a very good upgrade coming from Adairs and it comes on the heels of, you know, well, City Chic, it comes on the heels of Universal Stores, of, oh my gosh, there was more, La Visa. Did La Visa downgrade? Well, the, the stock price has been downgraded. Yeah, so. but I think that La Visa always gets sold off sort of in sympathy when we see a lot of yeah. these yeah. Um, downgrades coming. I, I, but I would say that, you know, we were, when the first interest rates started to rise, we looked at all of those companies like JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, which would be impacted, you know, pretty quickly. And all these other ones, the unis, the city sheiks, the levices, all held up really, really well. They were, you know, they were sort of seemed to be bulletproof. So, you know, we, we discounted all the sort of the first line of defense, I guess, if you were, which is the JB Hi-Fi's and the Harvey Normans. But we said, oh, because uni and levisa don't have mortgage stress, the customers aren't worrying about what's going on, you know, they, they should be okay. But really, it's across the board, these consumer discretionary stocks are just getting hit. So I don't think there's anywhere to hide at the moment in that space. Mm. Okay, so that would be an avoid altogether, Adairs. 100%, uh, yes. If you owned it, would you hold it? I mean, like you've, you've suffered so well, much they've, today. They've, they've said that the, the inventory is going to be lower and that they're going to, there, is a, there is a downgrade already that's happened in it. So I, yeah, I'd be getting out. I think you've got to be pretty ruthless at these stages in this cycle and the part of the cycle with interest rates potentially going up next week. It could be another one or two or three, Mm -hmm. you know, happening this year. Um, Inflation data came out higher than expected. Still people are going out to cafes. It doesn't feel like anybody's preparing for what's about to happen. And that's really quite scary. But yeah, food and, and cafes everything's going up higher. I'd just be a little bit cautious. Yeah, so we had ANZ today, June Bay, as I'm sure you know, now expecting another hike coming. Could mm. be June, could be July, doesn't matter. You know, they've, they've upped their terminal rate for, for peak rates here in Australia. So, yes, I mean, there are some names in the retail space that might look tempting, but do you think it's still too soon? Look, I actually, uh, I'm, you know, glass half full. So I always see those sell off, especially retailers, as buying opportunity mm. because retailers, uh, they move very fast. And because of the fixed cost leverage, it can go either way. Now, but um, what's very important is you do not want to hold a mature retailer uh, in this sort of environment because there's nothing else help them to grow except the cycle and consumers not spending. So everything's going against them. Um, and if they don't manage their inventory well, then it can be a very dicey situation because it's all fixed cost. Um, and then you can't clear your inventory, then you have cash problems. So mature retailers, you definitely steer away, um, if not short. Um, whereas, um, you know, things like LaVisa, I do like LaVisa because it does have that long-term growth opportunity. Mm. In the short term, the share price for, 
falling because the consumer is slowing down. You know, they are going out maybe a little bit less. So, you know, the, the high double digit comp, comp, uh, comp store growth is not likely to be there. So it is going to be a minor downgrade to come through. But once they come through this tough period, it's going to grow enormously because of the, you know, the store leverage and it's global. So, you know, so to me, that is uh, a stock that you do want to watch, um, you know, with the current sell off quite meaningful, it's down like something like 20% yeah, um, very quickly in a space of a week. Mm -hmm. um, I do think it's looking very, very interesting. Um, perhaps another few months, uh, tough few months as every other retailer is getting downgraded, but it is something that you should look to be positioned in. Um, Adair is a little bit harder. These housing related um, bigger goods, it's just harder to move those stock. Mm. Uh, people need to feel very confident that the housing market is coming back before they, or when they move houses, um, that they will buy those things. Whereas trinkets, um, you know, earrings and things, it's really about, I feel a bit more confident going out than I start using those things. Yeah, because Adair's was such a winner through COVID as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, when would you have been advising people? Like this, you kind of think the writing was on the wall. Exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so 100%. really you should have been out already when it comes Absolutely. to a company like Adair's. That's right. And if you look, the share price actually has been selling up, but downgrade is never priced in. You have a downgrade, share yeah. price down another 15%. Um, and then it will take another six months before any confidence return to those stocks. So um, absolutely, um, you know, if you hold Harvey Norman, you'll be very, very cautious um, because that's probably next to downgrades. Um, and the environment is very challenging. Um, and if they start discounting aggressively in this sort of environment, then it affects everyone, even the top retailer, uh, JB Hi-Fi might be affected. Yeah. Um, but we're really talking about next three months is going to be very tough for these names. Um, post that, we might have immigration, we have students and, mm -hmm. you know, things will pick up again. But that's just that next six, three to four months is going to be very tough. I mean, if you're a contrarian investor, mm. I mean, this is perfect time. Absolutely. To you want to buy them. Start getting in there. And uh, there was a note from UBS today mm. saying that they're pivoting away from the materials and getting into the consumer stocks. Mm. Right now, I think that's a little bit too early. Mm. But if you're a contrarian investor, this is this is your perfect time. Everybody's saying, get out, get out. And, you know, the alarm bells are ringing. Exactly. Um, that's the time you should be starting to look at these uh, things. Two stocks you will be look at. Look at. One is Levisa, one is JB Hi-Fi. It's actually looking mm. really interesting. Yeah. But you probably want to wait for the downgrade. Yeah. As we can see, the share price downgrade is never priced in. So JB Hi-Fi is something looking very interesting. Every migrant coming into a country is going to buy a TV yeah. and electronics and all of that. A so mobile phone. Absolutely. All of it. Yeah. yeah. And it's on a very high dividend yield as well. Very strong balance sheet and the best management team to manage the inventory so mm. um yeah but we'll see <laughs> we'll, well, well we're just going to dovetail into kmd brands and this is the first on the list and this is for kim so kmd's is the old Kathmandu. now adventure wear people traveling we know what's happening with travel and tourism it's also got some correct me if i'm wrong obviously new zealand exposure but some international exposure mm. as well and i was told that you know because the u.s just today because the u.s is further along its retail cycle um, you know, it's consumer, it's inflation cycle that you would look more favorably or could look more favorably on some of those retailers that do have exposure to an international story. Agree? Mm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. You want to expose to that kind of international growth. And also, Kathmandu has done well over the years, sort of diversify the business. Used to be makes, you know, uh, 70, 80% of the, its sale in, you know, winter sale. It's, you yes. know, the overall revenue. It's got wetsuits and, wet suits yeah. and everything else. You need a very cold winter to hit the guidance. So it yeah. used to be very difficult for us to check the temperature, what happened in New Zealand. Um, but now they went into Ripco, right? Like they bought Ripco. Yeah. So it's more diversified and then the, it's more evened out. So, um, so far, it seems, uh, 
uh, things are going quite well. Um, this is a company has benefited from the uh, the COVID. You know, people stay at home, more active wear sort of thing. Uh, but uh, it seems like the sale is still going quite well, even though we had the reopening, we had all of that. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be growing well. Uh, winter looks looking okay, and then the US business seems to be growing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's um, you know it's it's to watch because it is a slowing consumer environment, and um, and it, you know we're heading into that winter season. So you know suddenly temperature become too hot, then you're at risk of uh, mm. missing the missing the environment. But it, it does look interesting compared to other other mature retailers. Well, it has been a cold winter already. Mm. Oh, yeah, so it started. Like past couple mornings in <laughs> yeah, Sydney, absolutely. but yeah, yeah. No, a couple has. weeks ago I was considering well, Victorian mountains. They've got snow on there. Yeah. The Canberra, yeah. you can see that there's snow out there as well. So, like, I think it has been a start and a good start to winter. Um, there's some other comps that are around there, Columbia and North Face in the US, and we'll sort of look at those comps for Kathmandu or KMD. But I think overall it is still under pressure. And, it, you know, looking at that chart, it seems to be like we're just talk to find gravity a little bit mm-hmm. here. It's just holding up. So I'd be neutral on it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I mean, look, if you hold it, you probably would make sure that you're making, watching that inventory levels really, really closely because if those inventory levels start to grow, as Jimbo said, that's when you get this discount cycle and that's when you, you're going to get hit or get hard or get hurt. So I'd be cautious uh, going forward and, you know, rip curl. Uh, it's, it's it's only about 12% of their overall uh, mix, so it's not huge, but it does give them that extra winter, summer kind of apparel. So I think it, it works well. So it'd be neutral or a hold for me. So hold it. What would you do if you already owned KMD brands? Would you hold it or would you sell I would hold it, Okay. Yeah. But just too soon to buy. And that might be a theme that comes with some of these retailers throughout this program. All right. Now, this is next on the list. This is Boral. And this is for Les. Les is a, yeah, a very regular um, watcher, listener of this program. So we do hope you're out there listening to this one because I think it just came in today as well. Boral, when I look at what the brokers are doing, neutral, hold, underweight, sell, um, even though it's first or it's December results beat uh, expectations Mm. or beat estimates. Um, Doesn't seem like there's too much positivity around this one. No, the cost environment's really still tough for these guys. And you've got to be a little bit careful. Um, We did see uh, ABC, Adbury, 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 Adbury. 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 Yep, Adbury. I'm going to help you along Thank today. you. I, I actually needed, <laughs> if you hadn't already guessed. Uh, so I, they, they actually uh, um, upgraded and we saw some of those stocks started to move. James Hardy is actually looking pretty good again. It's moved off its lows. Uh, so, you know, those comps. And look, you know, look at that chart. It actually looks pretty good. Uh, for for these uh, building material guys, but I think it's all about headwinds and it's all about efficiencies and it's about improvement of their of the business going forward. And I think that is going to uh, um, stop the stock from going any further. I'd be neutral on it as well. If you hold it, I think the dividend's okay, but I wouldn't be putting any fresh money into it. It's a bit of a tough one at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. So you didn't mention CSR in there. I had a guest on yesterday saying CSR is a pick. Yeah. Which I was sort of surprised. No, I don't know why. I think, but- uh, again, I think, you know, we've seen softer comp, uh, costs started to come out of the business. They've, you know, they're, they're pivoting. They're doing all the right things, but it's just still too early. To, to be, and I'm, I've never been a fan of Borrow or, or the building materials, except for James Hardy. I think that's probably one that you can take advantage of the US housing cycle. Um, that would be my pick, James Hardy, Borrow, I'd say neutral. Okay, um, Borrow didn't give explicit guidance um, in December. Obviously, so many moving parts in the business. Mm. Um, would you be buy, hold, or sell? 
Uh, I'll be buy and borrow. Um, I think you know share price done incredibly well, and um, you know clearly the valuation is does require some sort of um, you know return to normality in terms of building um, building cycle. Uh, but what's interesting is that um, the uh, borrow is has benefited from a very very low consensus expectations analyst expectation. Mm -hmm. So th that's a great thing about share market. It's actually not what their earning is. Earnings being horrible, um, but it's actually the um, what people are expecting what they're going to do, and they've done so much better than what people. <laughs> expectation so it's actually believe it or not the borrowers being upgrade cycle for quite some time and share, hence why share price moving higher uh, also they've got a uh, this great new ceo he used to uh, vic uh, used to be the ceo of um uh, clean away and he okay. turned around clean away right. remember was um you know very tough business and he mm. had very tight cost control and the like really turned around clean away for many investors so there's quite a lot of following into this business um and um and yeah and he's very responsive to investors very tight cost control right perfect person to be running uh, borrow so I, I do think borrow on the longer term or medium term it does generate you know I'm happy to hold it throughout the cycle and also what's interesting I think this building cycle building material cycle these companies were sold off so much so 12, 12 months ago they were probably the bottom of the share prices yeah. um, if you look at how building material companies work uh, in terms of throughout the uh, share price and then the earning cycle um, they normally share price bottom probably 12 to 18 months ahead of the earnings bottom so um, which is quite interesting because you know, we know the earnings going to fall, but investors try to look ahead when the cycle is going to turn. Yeah. Mm. Uh, hence, why they are all running now, even though the, everything's horrible. So, looking at, ahead twelve months, we will have immigration. We will have students coming in. We'll have all of these, and then we have no building, no new build that's to come through. Yeah. So, in two years, we have this huge undersupply of housing, like here in Australia, uh, very, very unique. Um, and, you know, we'll have rental going through the market, rental market going through, um, going through the roof and, you know, and then the building. So these companies will run on those earnings. So I do think you've got to start positioning back into those names. Uh, James Hardy, great, you know, the US and uh, Borrow, um, even Fletcher Buildings looking mm -hmm. very interesting, right? New Zealand's ahead of us. So mm -hmm. they've already gone through that. So, you know, so all of these names that they probably your value ends, but it looks very interesting on a two-year view. The other side, we saw the, the ABS stats the other day mm. uh, for mortgages. Uh, personal mortgages were up 4.5%, even though interest rates are still going higher. Mm. But uh, construction loans were down 23%. Mm. So, you know, no one's really borrowing to to, to build. build. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing going on. Mm. So does that not flow through to borrow? Because obviously they're the building material guys. But I agree with you. Um, it, not construction, uh, immigration, you know, all of these things are mm. really going to push and give that growth that we need. Mm. But there's no supply out there at all. Yeah, Literally there's, there's no supply. There's a real push sort of being brought to the fore on the supply mm. side of the housing. Yeah, it has to. That's right. It has to. It has to be more yeah, supply. Yeah, it's got to be something. Absolutely. I was just chatting with a friend yesterday saying, you know, something's going to break, mm. really, when you look at what's happening with rents and everything else. And you can sort of just sense the ground will swell. I think the AFR had a whole series on it this week. Sense that there's a ground swell when it comes to, um, but then yeah, we've the got debate. building construction guys going under, like as well. So it's yeah. really tough. A lot of that's the hangover from the input. That's costs. right. They bid, right. yeah, too aggressively for the yeah. contracts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so did Jumbe change your mind on Boral? No, no, still <laughs> Okay, just let's just let's move on then. Okay. Uh, the next company on the list, it's one that I had to be reminded of what it did. This is for Murray, and it's. Cura, Q-O-R is the ticker code. You know the company pretty well, Adam. Yeah, well, I think it's Family Zone, which is uh, a, a small technology business, and we use it at home for our kids. Uh, I think it's actually really quite a good business. 
The problem is with the businesses, it's very illiquid, doesn't trade a lot, uh, it's, it's very thin, and um, so I'd be a little bit cautious on it. Our, our analyst has got a buy on it. Uh, he's, he's got a price target of 44 cents, so it's just some serious upside there, but um, I'd just be a little bit cautious because it is fairly thin. We used it because my son uh, downloaded Reading Eggs onto his computer, but I was walking past him one day and he clicked on the Reading Eggs logo and then up came porn. And so from there, yes. we've, uh, we've been very, very cautious about what they do. And Family Zone or, or um, this QOR looks... Uh, it basically allows you to uh, turn off the kids' access at certain times when they're supposed to be doing homework. You can stop them watching YouTube or you can uh, make them do a couple of little things like that. So it, it actually offers a bit more security to the family, uh, especially with the internet these days. So I'm going to stick with my analysts on it. It's a buy from me uh, and I use the product as well. And it's fairly cheap, it's about five bucks a month. So I think it, it suits me. Yeah, it suits us I well. don't understand this. Like, why is it not FZO, Family Zone? And it's cure. I think they changed their name. Oh, okay. Yeah. They didn't make it any easier to say, <laughs> in my opinion. No, no. Okay. There must be a reason. <laughs> yeah. So this is a this is a use case in real life. I'm sorry. What yeah. was the? It was a buy. Buy. Sean Partners. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna stick with my analyst. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you know the company? Um, I heard about the company that was ages ago when they become very popular, you know, during the yeah. hey, heydays of the tech companies. Um, it did really well then, but since there has uh, has been very tough. Uh, listening to the product, I do want to sign up. It's, you know, it's a, it, it is a very necessary product in today's yeah. world um, uh, for the children and things. Um, but I would note though, um, Adam, just does that company cash flow break even? Uh, yes, just, just. Just, okay. So I think what the issue is for a lot of those businesses, just, yeah, uh, for yeah, a lot of those businesses. Not last year, coming out of 2024, They're going to, yeah, they make, make yeah. profitable. So I think this is what's the challenge for most of those tech companies. If you're not profitable, market no longer wants to pay a, a good mm -hmm. price for it. It mm. used to be a price to revenue ratio that market look at. So, you know, Zero and WiseTech used to trade very similarly, track each other very closely. Yes. All of a sudden, when interest rates started going higher, uh, market has moved to um, revenue to, uh, not revenue, price to EBITDA. So you need to make a profit. So, you know, that's why zero sort of lagged a wise tech and now the zero start saying they're going to cut costs and everything it's rallying away so it, this is the same thing they need a clear path to profitability mm. market will reward you for the high growth if you can demonstrate this is a viable commercial product yeah, yeah well it had to raise cash mm. so it raised about 20 million earlier this year yeah. back in march yeah um, so hopefully it's enough for them to get to that path to profitability mm. which so is if you quite had important. it would you hold it you wouldn't buy it now obviously. oh look if i have it i would hold it because yeah. i think they just need to come up with a cost cost cutting plan yeah. of how to get to that profitability mm. Uh, mm. and that can have quite meaningful lift in share price yeah so there will be a time to add some of these companies but you do mm. want to see the balance sheet and you want to see that cash flow positivity mm. all right at uh, the next on the list well, back to the retailers. Shall we head back there? This is for Graham. And I like getting some of this context. So thank you for those of you who do so. So he already holds Accent and has been watching the share price dropping and dropping. Um, he reckons no announcement that he's seen any ideas. And our idea, I think I can speak for you both, is just the general environment. It's the attitude towards these consumer discretionary yes. stocks as we've got interest rates rising. Likely to see another one or two, or you said even three. Yeah, I reckon that, well, there's talk of another 1%. So it could be like four. Yeah, I haven't seen consensus on that, but you know that would be really devastating to yeah. a lot of consumers. Yeah, absolutely. Because especially when we were gearing up for maybe one, or you know, and we we could see the top of the hill of interest rates. We can, yep, we we can markets pricing it in and looking forward. 
but yeah, it, it, it could go. Obviously, minimum wage raise today. The yeah. market was looking for sevens. It came in at five, so that's actually positive. So I think that's fine. But yeah, rents skyrocketing, food, and I don't feel people are actually really preparing themselves for what is about to happen, you know, and I just, yeah, it seems that... Look, I also think that we we perhaps live in a little bit of a bubble, you know, you're traveling around the CBD in Sydney, you're going out for drinks and long lunches, I'm not saying you are, but you could (laughs) if you wanted to. So yeah, I think that there is... um, a lot of disparity, but accent group, you know, mm. cool shoes, Jim Bay, you know, lots of people are still wearing to willing to spend up on a pair of sneaks. Absolutely. So look, I think um, it, uh, I, I will be selling it as well. Um, I just think it's really tough. Um, not only they have shoes, they come up now apparel exposure as well. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that's where we're seeing a lot of downgrades now coming through because apparel is always the, very, very discretionary. Shoes, actually, you know, you want a sneaker or whatever, you go buy it's more defensive. Mm. Um, so I do think that side of business will be slowing. And I think this company does have some uh, reasonably high inventory as well. So, you know, very be, be very, very careful into a slowdown when company has high inventory because then they have to clear it um, to move it to generate cash. So um, I will be steering away from yeah. that. Because uh, like, even if we just take today's example of mm-hmm. what happened to Adair's share price mm-hmm. on the back of a downgrade when it was already, share price was already under pressure, we sort of That's knew right. what the dynamics were. So I don't think we've seen a downgrade coming from Accent Group, but you've got to think you know, that it, it could happen between yeah, now and reporting absolutely. season. It, 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 is, it, it probably will come. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so you so. don't want to be caught out on that day, That's you right. know, losing a further 15%. Yeah, I agree. So, um, Graham, we hope that helps. We hope that helps. And um, just don't forget that this is, this is just information. This is not financial advice. This is, uh, you know, you need to get advice. If, if you do need it, you need to do your own research. And obviously, you need to look at things very holistically. Um, I was speaking with somebody yesterday who said, look, in these times, you need to take a good hard look at your portfolio. You need to identify your riskiest stock, you know, make a decision and then sort of go down the list. Is that what you're talking to your clients about? Yeah, certainly looking and talking to clients. Uh, I mean, you know, we've we've got a lot of legacy holdings, let's say in the coal space at the moment, right? So the coal, coal sector is getting hit really hard. And obviously you're seeing comps from uh, the, the coal uh, price getting you know and that's flowing through so just talking to clients about because it's coming up to june do you want to take a loss on this is this something that we should be doing thinking about now for the before end of june so that we can then start to get the portfolio fresh again for july and moving forward most people are quite comfortable to take some loss it's not it's not in nature for anybody to enjoy taking a loss but that's the hard conversations that we have to have with clients so yeah, I'm more looking at those larger positions that are in a loss and then having that tough conversation because I would rather, if I was in that position, having someone talking to me about it instead of sort of putting their head in the sand and, oh, it'll, 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 it'll mm. come back, don't worry. So I think more, yes, looking at those risky stocks, but also looking at those ones that you do have a large loss on and then making a decision one way or another. And this is the right time to be doing it now. Mm. As Jimbo said, that tax loss selling is going to start to accelerate. So it's probably not a bad time to be looking at it now versus waiting till the 29th of June to do it. Mm. Yeah, and I know you're not advising clients, but it sounds like common... Yeah, yeah, common sense, right? But, yeah, and I think it's absolutely true. When you look at when to sell, is uh, try not to be influenced by how much money you lost because it's all about you still got 
that every dollar that you have in that you mm. know, loss making idea, it could have been invested for something else. It's an opportunity cost. So every day is a fresh day. Think about why you're holding them. If you want to put fresh money in it today, maybe you shouldn't even be holding it and put that money into something else. Maybe buy something else that's fallen as well. So, mm. you know, I think it's always think that way. That's why when we're talking sort of market psychology, it's just so fascinating to me, mm. you know, yeah. because well, it's horrible we're talking all to human, clients. you know, yeah. we're animals. <laughs> you know, and nobody difficult. likes it when I ring them up and say, oh, you're down 25 grand on this or you're down $100,000 on this. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. But I'd rather be one of those people that actually fronts up and says, look, we've got a problem. Let's try and address it versus, um, no, I'm not going uh, to talk to that client. And you probably lose that client anyway because then you're not talking yeah, to them yeah, and so yeah. then they move on. And the psychology is pretty tough. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, but- <laughs> I'm all right. I've got, a, I've got a bit more gray hair this year, but um, it's okay. All right. Let's uh, see if we can uh, give Pete a bit of context around Endeavor Group. So EDV is a ticker code. We know what it does. Spun out of Woolworths. Um, Dan Murphy's got some hotels business. Look, everybody likes a bit of a tipple, even when we're in recessionary times, uh, you know, or things are looking pretty dire. Uh, would Endeavor, would you be putting new money into Endeavor? It does look very cheap. <laughs> it is one of those, it kind of sit there going, what do I do with it? Um, I, uh, I think, it's probably going to struggle to get a bit of confidence from investors. Why? It is a defensive company that yeah. did proven to be not so defensive. Earnings were disappointing, um, and uh, you know the, uh, the the hotels were fine, and mm. it's the uh, it's the gaming side that was a little bit weaker. Um, but we have heard the similar sort of feedback across the entire gaming industry, right? So we heard from uh, even you know from the uh, the betting side, things are a little bit slow. You know, tab core and everything a bit slow. Uh, even uh, well, lottery slightly different, but every gaming arena it seems to be experiencing some some sort of slowdown some say maybe it's a consumer but i think maybe just during the COVID time everyone was betting a lot yeah. mm. <laughs> was was going to hitting the pubs a lot was doing a lot of that a lot so now we're just cycling through some of those phase so endeavor yes i will put fresh money in it it is very cheap it's very defensive um it's much cheaper than the likes of woolworth and coles um probably delivering sort of low single digit to mid single digit growth um and the hotel side is giving a bit of an uplift um, um, but it's nothing, you know, super exciting for me to, um, you know, it's going to generate significant growth for your portfolio. Okay, so it's a buy because of its cheap, its, it's value defensive, and defensive value defensive. Now. That's right. Yeah, agreed. We're going to have a double buy on this one. Wow. Okay, <laughs> double buy. I really like this. I've always liked it. Thirty percent of Australians have a Dan Murphy loyalty card, so even that alone will say to you that this is a very, very well-run uh, business. But sales were downgraded, they were downtrending. They did blame it on people uh, eating at home versus going out. And so that uh, those sales then were, were sort of brought down. Um, CapEx, they did guide and they were a little bit above on that CapEx, but that's okay. Uh, and the gaming historically has now come back to sort of post-COVID, or sorry, pre-COVID uh, levels. So things are okay. They have cut their forecast for 2023, 2024. But I really like this business. Um, I, I topped it up when when it was spun out of Woolworths, and I still think it, it, it's a good business. I'd be buying some more down here at six twenty. Okay. Um, now, when it comes to Endeavor, like you guys have faith in management. Um, or it's not really a management yeah. issue that has brought it to this point. Oh, look, it's not a management issue. Yeah. Uh, not about. It's just the overall condition is yeah. a little bit tougher for them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't it's know a good the company. CEO of Endeavor is. Um, it's one of those. Well, no, I don't yeah. know either. Um, <laughs> but you know, now that they're decoupled from Woolworths, mm-hmm. they can really concentrate on just that business yeah. and, and growing it. And I think mm-hmm. that's perfect for it. All right, Pete. There is your. <laughs> 
that's a nice shot of you. There is Was your... I smiling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, back to the single shot, and we will sum up what we've learned so far. All right. Uh, it's a Friday. We can't take ourselves too seriously. Adairs. We do take what we do seriously, though. Sell, sell. It's a very unfortunate um, outcome for those of you still holding today. But uh, it's likely in a bit of a purple patch, a downgrade cycle for a lot of these discretionary retailers. Um, Junbei has given you a bit of a heads up, though. She said, watch out for Harvey Norman. Like, it could be one of those next companies to downgrade when you consider what's happening in the economic cycle. Um, just to give you a bit of hope, though, Levisa, she says, is still likely a growth story. And it's been sold off in sympathy with a lot of these retailers. So look at that one. Look also at JB Hi-Fi. Uh, KMD Brands, uh, look, Adam's a hold or neutral. It's got some other things going for it. It's diversified. It's got some international exposure. Adam says watch the inventory levels. Uh, Junbei says not yet. It's a hold for her if you're in it, but don't, don't buy it yet. Maybe have it on a watch list, but it is an interesting company. Boral is a buy for Junbei. She likes uh, the fact that they're going to be controlling costs. Uh, their results have come in better than expected. And she reckons it's in an upgrade cycle. She couldn't change Adam's mind, though. He's just a, a hold. He sees headwinds. And he points to some of the recent data on construction uh, loans. Um, yeah, he'd be looking for an improvement before he would look to get in. Kiora, F, uh, Family Zone, it's a buy for Adam. He's sticking with the Sean Partners House view on this one, and he also uses it in his own home. Uh, Jinbei would call it a hold. Again, wait till these companies, these tech companies, even the beaten down ones, you know, can prove that they're on their way to profitability, can become cash flow positive. Accent Group sell for both refer to what we've just talked about with discretionary retailers and Jimmy just reminds you it's not just shoes it's apparel as well and that is a tough market to be in right now and Endeavor it's a buy for Jimbei and Adam that's our first double buy of this program and you just heard why okay so let's get to the portfolio this is one of your last looks at this portfolio as it stands now we have recorded a new episode of the Investment Committee. We'll bring it to you Tuesday, which also happens to be RBA Day. So here's just a snapshot of what it looks like. And um, there you go, still a bit of cash there. I wonder if some of that cash was spent. I wonder what would happen with the likes of WiseTech, which has had a good run. I wonder if we still look for exposure into some of those oil and gas plays. So we've got Karoon into the portfolio. And Kelsian, Kelsian just completed an acquisition and that was one that was added to last month. So yeah, I'll be, I'm really curious to see what's done or if they're standing still, scared to make a move, who knows? So far it's up by close to 8% on a cumulative return basis and that's since the, uh, the Ausbiz Fund's inception. So there's the chart there. Keep your stock picks coming. We will keep discussing them on this program which acts as a filter to that investment committee. So looking forward to that on Tuesday after market close. Let's get to some of these companies. Alchem, we will be discussing Regal Investment Fund, Neo Metals, Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, and Bellevue Gold. Okay, Alchem, this has been picked by Red. Um, well, presumably, uh, we've got this, you know, the knowledge of this merger, mm -hmm. you know, this mega merger out there in market. Um, what would be the reason for putting fresh money into Alchem or, or what, how would you advise people, Adam, I might start with you, yeah. that are holders of Alchem? 
Look, I, I think the, the, the overall this merger is better for uh, Livent, 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 yeah, yeah Livent. I think it's better for them. They get a better deal out of this compared to a uh, Allcam shareholders, but it is going to give them a market cap of around eleven billion. And really, what we're doing and what we're seeing in the resource space is either you get big or you get out, because really, um, you have to have that market size, you have to have that massive capitalization for you to make any real difference going forward. But overall, once this does, they're obviously going to have some back end. But now this merger does give them everything from the sort of the mine all the way through. So that it does create this company that is actually looking pretty good. Uh, I'm still a fan of lithium. I still think that's uh, really comfortable with it. I happily buy some up here, probably more closer to the $12 mark, I think. But I think, um, you know, I, I'm comfortable uh, buying some. I really like the space, the story not going away and this does make a lot of sense uh, for shareholders to have this merger so yep it's a buy from me it's a buy I'll put that in the buy as well and I do like lithium and um, you know PLS is the pure play that yeah. I, I would buy uh, with that just with that deal for Olcan there is a small chance that this deal may not get through as it is um, just simply because uh, well the, the, the premium was a little bit smaller uh, than many people expected so uh, there's a bit, bit of agitation to really push for high prices and you know I would put 50% probability at least okay. um, for a slightly higher improved um, improved terms mm-hmm. so and I think yeah so it's um, it's all upside um, so and um, uh, and then you know this business now become one of the largest and you know incredibly scalable um, I think it's yeah it's a buy okay I'm interesting I hadn't sort of um, heard a lot about the possibilities of that offer being improved um, let's get to Regal Investment Partners it's gonna start with you June Bay I'll start with Adam um, <laughs> start with me yeah what, what would you why would you put um, client money into Regal Investment Partners and just uh, to remind us this is for Darren he says he bought at higher levels uh, the one-year share performance has been poor. Should I sell and cut my losses? This is RF1. Yeah, so, well, um, Regal's very uh, good fund manager. Phil King, yep, very good as well. So, you know, it's it's got a great name and, and, and a good stable there. Uh, I think the NTA of this one is around $2.79, which I think is pretty close to where the share price is at the moment. So I don't see a lot of value. 266 so yeah there's not much upside there for it and i know that the nav has started to to go down but as always it's all about inflows and i couldn't really find any information about inflows or outflows for the business certainly the stock prices has started to move down look these guys are are very nimble they'll they'll be in and out of stocks fairly quickly and you see them moving around uh, in and out uh, very quickly so you've got to be a little bit careful I'm going to say neutral on this one. I think the NTA says a lot about where it is and there's not a lot of upside, so it'd be neutral for me. Jim Bay, commenting on a... Another fund manager. We're all colleagues. So, you know, I'm going to put on a neutral. Um, but um, I do think, uh, you know, Regal is an incredible um, active investor. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you love their style, just invest with the fund. Mm. Um, now, when you invest in the listed vehicle, the thing is you need the market condition to be good. The fund managers, market goes up, the share price will go higher. So you kind of need that market strength and mm. not volatility market strength so you know if we think the bull market structural bull market that is coming over the next few years uh, this one will be a good place to be uh, but it just if you 
actually will want to benefit from the actual fund manager just invest in the fund otherwise you need to make a call on where the market's going if the market become volatile falls this one will fall so you know i i'd much rather to be in there okay just to push the point though so mm. this um, gentleman has has asked mm. you know he's obviously watching that share price that chart that we've just been looking at and thinking mm. okay should i cut my losses of course darren we don't know how long you've been in this we're not giving you advice but you know is there a case to be made that yeah you're saying neutral just hold it You've potentially experienced some of these losses as well already. And, you know, things could be turning late this year into next year. Look, I do think the market looks um, looks pretty good heading into late this year and, mm. you know, for Adam probably next year. Um, and um, and then this one should benefit. Um, but one important thing for Darren, is it Darren? Yeah. Um, is that to note is that don't sell something to it just because share prices have been falling. You need to understand whether it's because they had outflowed. Fundamentally, what's changed about the business? Mm. Um, it got cheaper, maybe because you know, no one, people, are, other people are impatient. Maybe it's buying opportunity. So it's really about what has happened within the business that has caused the share price mm-hmm. to fall, rather than just because share price. So it's yeah, yep. you do and that's where understanding comes in. Yeah, yeah, I like how you say that. Um, you know, it's, it's just because the share price is going lower doesn't mm. mean you should get out. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, Neo Metals is next on the list. Let's see if we have any context for this one. Nope. It's for Richard. What would uh, you do with Neo Metals if you were Richard? Don't know if he's interested, if he's already holding. What do you make of the company? Look, it sounds very interesting. It's got all the right wording, um, the battery recycling. <laughs> yeah. um, it seems like it to be in a good space. But my challenge is, well, the challenge is that when you invest in those companies, uh, you've got to be very sure that they're commercial and they have proper contracts and which, you know, all of that will take time to come. And uh, there are so many other technologies that's, uh, you know, sort of progressing at the moment. Uh, we're just it's just too early. It's mm. just too early to be positioning into those things. And these stocks tend to run on hype, you know. So every now and then, the retail investors get excited about it. They will run 20, 30%. And suddenly, when there's no interest, they sort of fall. Uh, just because the, the, the real substance, the actual business and contract, it just, it's not here yet. It just takes time uh, to really come through. You know that when you read an ASX, which is the most recent announcement <laughs> coming through from just yesterday, saying that the demonstration plant trialing the process improvements of the hydro-metallurgical refining flow sheet have yielded outstanding results mm. with nickel, cobalt, copper recovery. So that's good. That we want to see this recycling, right? And, and but demonstration plant. Yes, and Mercedes-Benz is organising, uh, or they do, they've got an agreement with them as well, yeah. uh, which, again, great name, really looks good. The thing is that, you know, and a lot with electric vehicles is, is, is that after five, 10 years, what do you do with this battery? Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've got all these now wonderful cars that are electric and they're running around the, 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 the road, but we really haven't resolved what are you going to do with that battery? Now, that battery is the size of a back seat. Like, mm. it's not just yeah. like a normal, not a normal battery, it's a massive battery. And then to be able to then to recycle that, I think this business is absolutely looking at an issue that is coming down mm-hmm. the line. However, uh, You've then got to look at obviously profitability, look at all the other side of those things. And that's where I think this company or this, this, the way the market is treating it at the moment is that potentially it's a, a story for another five years away, not for a story now. So I'd be cautious on it. it, it just looking at the chart doesn't look like it's really setting the world on fire. So I'd be just a little bit careful of it. I, I do think that if they get the timeline right with this agreement with Mercedes-Benz, I think that is a real positive for the business. And if they can get better recycling recovery rates going forward, so all things are moving in the right direction. The share price is, is, is obviously on a, on a downtrend at the moment. So 
potentially wait for that uptrend to happen or for it to level out a little bit, making sure that you understand the business and then it's something. But at the moment, it would be a, a, a no from me or a neutral from me. I don't think you need to be there. And I think this story is probably in a, in a couple of years' time. So, yeah, lots going on in the right space, though. Yeah, so I mean, you want one. these technologies to advance like we all do yeah. in our own interest. Yeah. Um, too soon, too soon from both of you. Can I just clarify, when you say neutral, that's just an avoid sort of thing? Yeah, well, yes, avoid. Okay. Yeah. You too? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Somebody else out there might want a clarification on the language, which we seem to make up on a daily basis here. I know neutral is a very widely used uh, term, but yesterday we had a back foot buy. And uh, I like that. Oh, back foot, what's yeah. a back foot Who buy? Said that? It's like, yeah, um, Mark Gardner, he's used it a right. couple times on me. Like, you know, not screaming buy. Oh, okay. Would prefer to get it at a cheaper price, but likes the story. Anyways, I did my best explaining there his you thinking go. on that I, one. I think once I heard the, the funny one is a speculative hold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think that exists. That wouldn't have gone through my filter. No way. Okay. Uh, the next talk is Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals. This has been picked by Nick, who says, what's the next step for PAR? And I'm not sure if he's um, you know referring to their actual step to you know commercialization, mm. but um, what do you think? I don't know about biotechs. I've never known about oh, biotechs. Somehow I knew you were going to say that. I don't invest in biotechs because I've got I've got burnt so many times. So for me, look. But it, but is this, isn't this repurposing old um, pharmaceuticals for new purposes? I or think, have I got the wrong one? I think this company used to be, um, wasn't Paradigm used to sell, resell some of those prosthetics years ago yes. when they used to make lots of money from, when Ramsey used to generate a lot of return from it. Um, and then it was a big market and then the government came out and killed that sort of space saying you can't offer those rebates. And, and then sort of now the business has changed into something else. Well, it says it, it's got um, uh, arthritis or osteoarthritis. It is, it is. Yeah. It is repurposing. Repurposing, yeah. yeah. So, mm. I mean, they've got a bit of cash in there as well. Uh, R&D obviously is, is big for this. Mm. But, yeah, I, I'm just going to say no because I don't understand biotechs. You've got to have a doctor's degree or, a, you know, you've got to really know your stuff. And looking at that share price and looking at that chart. Yeah. No, even that, even if you have a doctor degree, you'll really struggle to really understand <laughs> what the... Future, isn't well, isn't it? that investing? You've got to understand the business before exactly. you start putting money into it. Exactly. And yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, we could sit here and talk for hours on it and I have still no idea what they do. So I'm going to say no. Okay. So that's a no from you. Paradigm bio, um, biopharmaceuticals. No. No. Um, <laughs> Does like a Telix and Durin interest you? Aora it, used to be a pick of yours. Uh, yeah, so Aurora, yeah, I know. So uh, Aurora is still there. Um, it, it, I, I still it, like the Aurora. Didn't it come just out had a result? Yeah, yeah. So it just had a result. Look at the. It's, it's been a very frustrating stock. Uh, it was too small. Because it wasn't a good update. Yeah. So um, the revenue was very strong, but then they have to put in more salespeople mm-hmm. uh, to really drive it. I think this is one of the challenge of early stage biotech. Uh, you know, biotech is that you've got a great product, which is great. You know, already approval, and so they went and got a lot of um, you know uh, uh, got onto the list of you know so many hospitals around the world which is great um, and uh, uh, and uh, now they're selling through which is great and uh, but then to grow more they have to put in more salespeople um, because they're doing them doing it themselves mm-hmm. so eventually I think the be- better idea is to put for them to partner with someone with a larger player with, with scale um, then you can just roll it out the product into other things but yeah I think that's the early challenge with a lot of biotech um, but Telex is a bit different I think Telex 
has got that portfolio. So the guy has taken or CEO yeah. Chris. So he's taken a portfolio approach, um, and he's defied gra- gravity really. So he not so he's not relying on approval of one or two. It's actually a whole portfolio. So net net, if um, you know you can inch forward in every period, then it's great. Yeah. So um, and uh, and then he partnered this, and then he's very smart. He decided not to go forward once he take it to commercialization. He doesn't want to do all the way himself. Yeah. So take less risk. So that way he's done incredibly well. Yeah, so Telex is one. Mm. I just know it's always, you know, it's, it's often comes up on one of the best performers mm. list in that space in particular. Um, Telex, Neuron, or you just stay away from the space altogether? Yeah. Even when mm. they're making money, even uh, when they're selling stuff? Yeah, yeah so to Jumbe's point, they have to then get more uh, people, more salespeople to sell the product. So then it's higher capex, higher costs, and you've got to put put them up in the US. They've got cars, they've got to you know do all that kind of stuff. So that's fine. But then you go, okay, well, we're not going to put as many staff out there, but we're going to partner with an OEM or a, a, a manufacturer or one of the bigger uh, Pfizer, uh, for an example. But the problem is Pfizer's going to sell their products before they sell your product. And even though they get you, you know, you have to then give them a better rate that, you, you know, because you're not your sales guys, so you have to lessen your margin, there's still more money that goes out. And then it becomes this whole, well, Pfizer's going to sell all of these five products before they sell yours. And so at the end of the day, either you take the CapEx plunge and you actually go out and you do it. And that means that the share price, that means investors and everybody else goes, well, hang on, you know, you're spending way too much money here. Or you try and partner with somebody, but the partner's not really going to do anything either. So for me, it's just been a tough one. Doctors, hospitals are always looking at costs. They, 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 they're you know, very laser focused on costs. So anything that potentially isn't going to do that. So it's just too hard. Okay. Still too it's hard too basket too hard. For, uh, for Adam. Okay, let's get to number 10 on the list. And this is Bellevue Gold. It's been picked by Rosie. Hi, Rosie. I hope you're watching or listening. I'll start with you, Junbei. And I just... It's not that I know you so well, but I know you like the bigger end of the market when it comes to gold. But some of these smaller companies, you know, they've got great cash generation potential. Absolutely. Um, but we do kind of do need a gold market to do really well for them to fly. And they're much, much leveraged um, sort of player. So if the gold start, gold price start moving higher again, and, you know, these little guys is going to do so much more than the likes of Northern Star, which is a little bit much more defensive um, in, in, in that way. Um, but yeah, no, look, at you know, my view is that I normally keep neutral gold. If you look at the volatility across every sector uh, here in Australia, gold is actually the highest volatility. So the stock moved by the the highest um, compared to every other sector. So for me, I like to keep it neutral. Um, I always have a little bit of gold company in my portfolio, um, but I just stick with the larger names just in case you know you, the gold prices may take different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, gold, I know that you also like yep. some exposure to gold. Yeah, absolutely. With Bellevue Gold, I mean, Macquarie has an outperform on the company yeah. saying that early open pit development, you know, is looking very good, an opportunity for early cash flows. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's it's also a it's a neutral UBS. Yeah. So, um, look, I don't mind this one. The, uh, Bellevue uh, can dig uh, an ounce of gold out of the ground for one thousand one hundred and eighty eight dollars. They're looking to produce an average of one hundred and eighty one thousand ounces per annum. They were expecting around two hundred thousand. They've just pulled it a little bit back. So that does say to me that they, if the gold price stays up, if please, uh, then it, it should do OK. 
But what I did also look at is that we've been doing a lot of work on crowded trades at the moment. So where the actual market is all sort of huddling Mm -hmm. uh, going forward. And we did some work on that. So there's some research out uh, on that today talking about the ASX 100. And you'll be interested to see that the ASX 100 has the most crowded trades are ALS, Northern Star and Iluca Resources, Mm -hmm. right? So resources and gold. So very crowded. But then if you look outside the top 100 in the small odds, you're seeing Resolute Mining, Persis, Perseus and West Gold all being crowded trades in that space. So in other words, if the herd's moving that way and then something goes wrong, it's going to be pretty disastrous for the whole sector. So I'd be cautious about crowded trades because that's obviously where the momentum's happening. But also then if you're looking at that bet going forward, gold price has to stay up. I think gold price will stay up. So I'm going to say it's a buy. Speculative buy, not okay, a backflip got- buy, <laughs> yeah, but a speculative buy. I, only the reason is because they can get that ounce of gold out of the ground fairly cheaply as well. And that's the most important thing about any resource company is getting that gold out cheaply. And gold, fingers crossed, should stay up uh, Yeah, and they've got this while. underground gold project in WA that's on track for yeah. first gold. But be careful about those creative trades. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, I hadn't seen that research. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. No worries. What a friend. What a friend. All right. Um, okay, so we've come to the end of the program, but one thing I would like to ask you, and it's only because cheekily I was looking down at my screen, and I note that Appin is up again today. Um, I'm sure we've talked about Appin on this show before, and I keep saying, yeah, Appin's put on another 10%. Amazing. I keep saying when it comes up, because this is obviously getting caught up in the AI, AI. enthusiasm, right? But I've yeah. said the links between Appin and AI at times have been very tenuous. You know, the nature of its AI as compared to a NVIDIA or a Microsoft, yeah. uh, you know, or a Google. Um, but uh, chatting with Gemma Dale from NapTrade earlier, she said there's a lot of selling in Appen because this is almost like a Hail Mary for some of those mm. people who are still in the stock yeah. and have had such such a tough time. What do you make of, you know, Brainchip, Appen, you know, a lot of those companies here listed gaining on the AI enthusiasm? Yeah, look, I think it's, it's a sign that retail investors getting involved, right? So re- retail investors being a little bit soggy over the last tw- two 12 month, 18 month, um, because all the tech, early tech and didn't do quite well. But now the excitement's coming back. Um, you know, w- I think that they put so many announcements out happen in the last few weeks. Yes, I've seen um, that. That's right. And on the back of, you know, downgrades, and then they put all these out, uh, really just trying to uh, drive interest. But uh, I'm actually not sure what some of the real substance is. And also, well, meanwhile, the core business, uh, that's the Google and you know Facebook contract that they have, mm. meant to be the AI, help AI to pass to understanding of human language, um, is, is shrinking very, very rapidly. So I wouldn't want to be, if you're the retail investor, punting into this thematic because it could go up another 20, 30, 40% just on that hype, but you wouldn't want to be holding it into the results because it's looking really, really tough. now. Thankfully, they did raise money <laughs> recently. Otherwise, they would they lost making. This company used to be so profitable, 40% margin and the like, they lost making now. So thankfully, they raised some money. Now they, they're okay for the next 12 months or so, but it just wouldn't be, don't want to ho- hold it yeah. to the result. It's uh, when the it comes clear. Yeah. Uh, I think hype maybe ju- it, it's a punt. Uh, so, okay. you know, as long as people want to talk about it, um, just avoid the reporting season. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, it's good. I, I think you, you, you go overseas and you, well, the, there's an ETF NDQ, which is the NASDAQ 100. That's a perfect place for you to look for AI stocks because it's got Microsoft, NVIDIA. It's got all of the big names in there. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. They're moving into that space. 
so and most of the inflows from money of the S and P five hundred has come from like a handful of stocks, nine stocks, which is all of these AI driven businesses as well. So I wouldn't be looking in Australia. I'd go straight over to Nasdaq and I'd be buying the ETF NDQ. Uh, NASDAQ 100 and that's a fantastic way to spread your risk but also get access to AI. Yeah all right I just had to ask because it has been a hallmark of this week. Um, All right just to wrap up um, with what we've learned in the past half hour or so Alchem it is a buy from both of my guests and uh, look Jumbe would still prefer Pilbara but she also flagged that there could there could um, be maybe an improved offer um, to get that live uh, joint venture um, looking a bit better for the Aussie shareholders. Regal, both are neutral, so they'd be avoiding this one right now. You have to have a view on where the market is heading. Neo Metals, too early for both of my guests. Paradigm Pharmaceuticals, it's a no. And Bellevue Gold, it's a specky buy for Adam Dawes from Sharon Partners, but uh, Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners would prefer to stay in the big end of town. Guys, thank you. Junbei, Adam, it's yeah. always fun. Absolutely. Thank really you. good to have you in. I hope you both have a really great weekend and uh, we look forward to doing it again soon. Look, if you'd like us to cover a company for you, osbiz.co forward slash call picks, or you can tweet to us at osbiztv. We try to get a mix of companies in here. We won't do a whole program with tiny illiquid companies. We also won't do a program unless we flag it with you all blue chips. So just keep that in mind. Um, Look, don't go anywhere. Andrew Gagan will take you through the pulse next.